Hello and welcome once again to The Drummer's Beat, the official FlyFeverMagazine.com podcast. On this episode, we sit down with a very special guest, a writer from the city of Columbus, Hanif. Um, we're talking to him about his work with MTV, most recently on the VMAs. And he also has a new book out. The name of the book is The Crown Ain't Worth Much. So make sure you go check that out on all the uh, digital book outlets, Amazon. On this podcast, me, Malcolm, and Jordan just sit down and talk to Hanif about his his upbringing, what made him get into writing, his career path. And also, of course, we had to ask him about his top five and his opinions on music, current, and past. This episode's feature song is by Devin XO. It's called On. Very dope song. Make sure you check that out. And as always, make sure you follow us on all social media, at Church on the Drums on Instagram, at Church on the Drum on Twitter. Make sure you follow me. DJ underscore B-E-R-N on Twitter at DJ Burn on Instagram. Make sure you follow Malcolm E-H underscore K-E-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you follow Jordan Insty dot J-O-R-D-Y-N-N-E on Instagram. To the drummer's beat. Let's do it. That he can't rap. Yeah, you know I mean? so like, so ain't nothing gonna fix that. Bye. All right. So before we get started, I just gotta ask you. Do you, you stream? Yeah. <laughs> stream music. Uh, yeah. Nice to meet you, man. What service do you use? So I'm lucky in that. Um, you guys say I got all of it. MTV gives us a free, like I got free title and free uh, Apple Music. So the only one I pay for is Spotify. So which one do you prefer? It depends, right? Because because of my job. So for example, I have to have Apple Music because some shit like like the Frank drop. It's still not on fucking title. I wouldn't it's be able Spotify, to like get the, it's on Spotify. Yeah. I know it's so petty, bro. That's like, interesting. I only use title for Prince. Ah. I really only use title for Prince because ah. Prince's shit's not anywhere else. Yeah. Reasonable doubt's not anywhere else either. Just yeah. one thing. I mean, yeah. So title has some stuff that doesn't exist anywhere else. I probably use Spotify the least. Um, but Apple Music's good for, like, releases of albums because that's what, like, my job entails me to write about. I can respect that. So it's that. three to one now, Malcolm. No, that's not three to one. He, he just prefers said, Apple Music. No, uh, he yeah, said, I, was, I, was, I use Apple Music the most. Absolutely. He says he uses it the most. That doesn't mean he prefers it. I mean, I don't prefer Why any of them. He really. doesn't prefer any of them. He's but abstaining. I use, I use Apple Music the most. <laughs> so two, one, one. <laughs> because, like, I, yeah, I, think, I, think title, I think titles... Um, Interface is weird. I think title the way it is is kind of like you're breaking my heart, man. Uh, it's not an easy app to like use on Wait, my phone. Speaking of, has anyone been on Apple Music since I the have. software update? It's dope now. No, and, um, it's easier to find uh, a newer artist now. Word. So, can Q-ray. you admit that the UI on Apple Music was terrible? Yeah, I, I've, I've been admitted that. I never heard you admit it, but I, I told right. you title. Title was better. <laughs> to yeah, me. I'm an avid t- title supporter. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the reason why I was asking. I was hoping. No one fucks with Spotify. I, I had to like. I was on a panel with uh, before Spotify last night. I was going to ask you about that. And I accidentally made a joke about not using my Spotify. <laughs> and so they probably won't invite me back again. Um, what was the the panel about? It was about student debt. You want but, talk again? Yeah. Oh. We are talking. Hi. So, okay. Okay. Hello. 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 Oh, that was just them. Too. Just You're them. Fine. Okay, I'm I've good. been recording them. Oh, so, wow. I, <laughs> I like to talk into the mic. I don't know if you have to like adjust anything as far as the audio. Go ahead and talk like I am talking like I want. I don't know why. I think it's a psychological thing. How's you know Madden? I mean? How's Madden? Yeah. So. The game? Yeah, I got the new one. I'm a Browns fan. And they're and terrible on there? I want to take the Browns from, you know, shitty to incredible, you know what I mean? 
And I normally, when you get into the franchise mode or whatever, and then you can start making moves and everything immediately, right? Right. I got into it, and, like, the gameplay on this Madden is so phenomenal. Like, last year's Madden was great. You know what I mean? This one's even better. Like, you actually have running lanes. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. But um, the Browns' O-line is so, like, awful that, yeah, it's hard. I'm not going to be able to play with them, like, when I play against people, uh, just because. Yeah, I get 2K17. Yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Man, they played me, bro. So, you know, did you get the prelude? Yeah, I played it one game. I need to do the rest. Yeah, I've been too busy. So, I got the prelude because, um, well, I'm in an, it's an offshoot of the church on the door. So we have like it's like a whole network now, right? Yeah, we have a sports like a, chat, we have a video game chat, we have an anime chat. And they're all like offshoots off of yeah. like church on the drums. But um, in the video game chat, we're talking about you know everybody picking their players and everything like that. So we can run five on five on my court. And so we uh, we all picked. I didn't know what everybody else's position was, so I made a point forward, small forward, and everything, right? It turned out that there were three other small fours out there, so I deleted my prelude so that I can go back and create a power four. Yeah, because you can't just go back. You got to, like, go run with what you got. Yeah, exactly. When I deleted it, it says I can't create a new one until, until 2K comes, comes out. out. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sick. I haven't played it. I played one game, like the high school game, man. Such like, a I hard play shit. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess that was kind of first world problems. Yeah. Whatever. Are you recording this all? That's wild. At any rate, this is To the Drummer's Beat, episode 69. Yeah, we did the math before we came in. Um, I am one of your hosts. I'm here with my two other hosts. And we have a special guest today. Host? <laughs> Wait, did I say host weird? Host. <laughs> Go ahead. Did Go I say on. weird? No, you're good. Every time, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 nah, but you guys already know what my name is. You guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves if you want to, though. DJ Burn. DJ Burn. Jordan. Jordan. Still working on it. Still working on what? Like your name? Oh, introduction. Oh, well, episode 67, you said your name was DJ Burn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was completely sober that episode. I'm sober most of to the Drummer Beats episodes. 85% of the time. 95% of the time. There was a one time that we recorded at the lighthouse. I was stressed. We recorded at night, and I definitely had a couple of drinks. I'm so far 50-50. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but no, we have a special guest. Episode. You're our first guest in this new studio since we moved over to the studio. Oh, word. Yeah, so word. Uh, um, we have... You go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Janice Willis of Durake. Word. So... You don't want to say all that. You lazy. Yeah. <laughs> right, you nice to meet you. Hey, man, I know him as Neep, you know what I mean? But, um, no, so, like, I'm really, really excited. I told them this morning um, that, like, I was really excited or whatever about having this podcast today. And it's really weird, you know. Matter of fact, you're the person I need to talk to about this, right? I, I point that burn to everybody that can't see me right now. Um, you know how you said that, you know, you shouldn't look up to people that you don't know and all that type of shit because, like, you don't really know who they are. Oh, yeah. All that jazz or whatever. And I told you, I was like, well, I put them on the same pedestal as people that I do know or whatever. And it's like, I don't look up to just, you know, celebrities or whatever. Facebook, they have this incredible archiving system where they remind you of everything that you've ever said, like, you know, over the past however many That's years. That's why I deleted mine. Because Is that really the reason why? <laughs> it's uh-huh. all kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So, um, like, I was looking back or whatever, and especially during the summertime and the fall time, Hanif, he comes up on my Facebook, like, memories, 
like hella. I'm sure you have like so many notifications you don't even see them or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like always been there or whatever. And um, you know, like going back to like when I first met Hanif, um, it was on the basketball court. You know, to the people that think that I never played sports ever in my life, wasn't very Allegedly. good. Do you mind if I tell the story about how we met? No, go ahead. All right, work. So it was crazy. Back when I was in high school, like even more so than I do right now, I looked a lot like Kanye. Like people said it to me all the time, like, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. So we're playing basketball, and I was with Zay, uh, also in the church on the drums. Shout and, out to Zay. Yeah, shout out to Zay. I got some things I got to say about Zay. I haven't man. talked to Zay in a minute. Word. He has to get on the podcast here soon, too. Um, but we was playing basketball and whatnot, and Hanif came out, and he looked like Kanye, too. And it was so crazy. I was like, yo. Which you, I, I don't think that I do at all, but. At the time, like, I mean, this is like eight years ago, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he looked like Kanye. So I was like, yo, do you ever, like, you know, get that? And he was like, yeah, but I could tell he was, like, really irritated about it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out that he grew up with my brother and everything, like, like they knew each other. He was it you? You said, like, you know, do I look like Kenny or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah me and Kenny, I mean, we lived around the block from each other. Where? Best friends around up in the neighborhood. Wait, Kenny. White? Um, you know Kenny, too? No. I feel like everybody that's, like, older than me knows who Kenny is. He, um, he was a suggested friend on uh, my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> on my new profile. I'm looking like, he kind of, y'all kind of looking like. Yeah, kind of. So, um, yeah, I just talked to him that way, and I don't even know how it came out. But Hanif was, like, at the open mic that he had on High Street. It's, you know it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, the shop, like, moved. It moved, like, a couple uh, storefronts down. Where? Because uh, that's my favorite coffee spot. Like, yeah, I like, love legitimately it. two storefronts down to the really? closer to Fifth Ave. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It's still there. It's still the same spot. Oh, yes. So that was my first, like, coffee shop that I've ever went to or whatever. What was it called? Um, what was Short it? North Coffee House. Yeah, Short North Coffee House. Uh, no longer exists. No, no. it does. It's, it's, they moved oh. two storefronts down. Man, oh, okay. He just said oh. that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, literally attention. just it's said why, it. I'm surprised that so many people don't think it exists anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope didn't know. It's the bike store. store. In well. my head, it's the bike store. Yeah, it's like right next to the bike store. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. And that was Sorry. the first time, like, I ever performed at Open Mic or whatever. And, like, you know, he brought that out of me or whatever. So, yeah. Now, we're, like, you know, he's entertaining on Facebook, on Twitter. And he is entertaining on like, Facebook. Just, like, really, like, insightful and <laughs> everything. Um, oh, there's another thing. Uh, back when I first started college, you made a Facebook status one day. And you say, you know, I, I want to send out mixtapes to different people and whatnot. And oh, I remember I did that project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you sent one to me. And that was the first time I heard Jay-Z and Maya. Um, best to me. The best yeah, the best of me. Yeah, that was the first and time Caroline I ever heard Blue it. Blue Kicks. Yeah, and that was, oh, like, like when I was first, like, starting to get to know Jay-Z. It was, like, right after I met J- uh, JG. And, you know, he was putting me on a reasonable doubt and all that type of stuff or whatever. And I heard that, and then, like, it just made me really go listen. That was also the first That's time I heard That's one of the best Jay-Z verses in my book, that, that, that verse. Uh, yeah, yeah. The verse on that is a top 10 Jay-Z verse. Also, great soundtrack. Backstage. Backstage, yeah, yeah. Great soundtrack. Backstage for... Yeah. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Play, the, TV yeah. show? Uh, remember it was, um, it was a Rough Rider Cash Money tour. Um, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Definitely so, remember. There was a um, there was a Hot Boy song on there that was good. Yep. There was a there's a Beanie single, Timberland song on yep. there. Crazy. It's probably one of Beanie Singles' best songs. It's kind of when everyone's at the peak of their powers, I think. Right. Peak? Uh, yeah. yeah. Jay-Z is still at this peak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> 
But the point of the matter is, is that Hanif is like one of those individuals that, for a long time now, going on a decade, who I've respected musically, culturally, artistically. He's a writer. He's a poet. He's an author. He just released a book. Um, oh. You mind if I like say your job and all that type of stuff? No, okay. yeah. Now he's contributed <laughs> to the New York Times, and right. now he works for MTV. He had a hand in writing the VMAs this year and everything. So. Wow. You know, I saw that you, you know, had a hand in the VMAs. I was like, yo, I used to check them, you know what I mean, on the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So, you yeah. had something to do with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. He I'm got him saying, there. Malcolm got him there. Yeah. Right. Without, without the basketball on Sunday, though, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be where I'm at. But, yeah. no, nah, I'm just really happy to have him on the podcast right. and everything. So, yep. um, Welcome. Thanks. So, so her, her sister was asking me questions about you, and to be honest, I was making shit up because I, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> Who was asking? Her sister. Oh, my sister. Because I, we were talking about the podcast, <laughs> and, and, and she was asking me like what it was about, and I told we were interviewing you. Yeah, yeah. She was, I'm, I, and she was asking me questions I didn't know the answer to. So start out with um, where'd you go to school um, and your path after high school, and kind of how if you give us like a a Cliff Notes version of how you got to where you are. Cliff Notes version. All right. So I went to high school at Beechcroft. Um, and then I went here, uh, we're at Capital University, so okay. I, went, I went here. Um, and then I, the cliff notes is that I did terrible things and nothing for a long time while I tried to figure out a life that would be effective. Um, and then I found out that not only was I okay at writing, but people thought that my writing was, a, like, doing good work. Incredible. Um, and so I started locally. I wrote locally a lot. I wrote, um off and on for like local places like Columbus Alive and I would do album reviews and I would freelance when I could. Is that what you studied at Capitol? No. What'd you study? Marketing. Oh. So I did nothing. Like so I done away with that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done anything with my degree. Okay. Uh, it's weird because I feel like now when I talk to college students, um, and they ask about my path, a lot of my like peers have gone to journalism school and and they're like, well, what did you do? How do I get to, how do I write about music for a living? Yeah, I, I just want to be like, yo, if you enjoy talking about music, and you could write. You're, Just do you, it. You've Just done it, do it, right? Like, you've, you've done the... And I say this is from a position of, like, having the privilege to, like, be where I'm at and knowing that there were a lot of years where I did that and nothing happened. Right. Um, but I, I also think there was an importance in me, like, starting locally and, like, learning to love local music right. and um, finding a way to make that love for local music global. Okay. And then one day I got a job at MTV. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what year did you go to Capitol? Oh gosh, 2002. So, like, I, 2002 was my first year. Okay, cool, cool. So I'm old. Yeah, yeah. So we're the same age. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, so you're well, not that old then? No, you're not that old. <laughs> nah, both young old. Y'all. <laughs> Wait, Jordan, how old are you? I'm 25. That's, but you're getting there. You're like slowly. Yeah. Um, You'll be there slowly but surely. Yeah, I was listening to. I, I had a. Um, I took a trip back through memory lane and listened to a lot of Kanye today. Like, a lot of fucking Kanye. And, uh, so, like, every other day, basically, right? No, this is, this is special. I actually found out that I had fallen out of love with Kanye, and I didn't realize that I did. And now I'm back in love, so it's all good. But, you know, he said, you know, we wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, wait, I'm not 25 yet, so. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool story, saying, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> so, where the... Um, so you say you just started writing locally yeah. and covering music locally. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out where from marketing, like, where'd you get that? Like, did, was it just a passion you had and you're like, oh, let me just try to make make something of it? Yeah, it was a passion I had. I just liked writing and I just love music. I, I spend most of my days and I've spent most of my days for a long time thinking about music, talking about music, annoying people with 
my thoughts on music. Um, and I wanted to find a way to communicate those things to a larger audience than just either, like, my internal audience or the, like, five to seven friends who I'd ramble to. Right. Um, and the only way I knew to do that was to write things down and to kind of, like, archive these thoughts in a place, um, even if it was just for myself. And uh, I was lucky enough to have people, like, have an interest in that kind of thing. I mean, I think people want to like hear about music right like i think people want to think critically about or get excited about or like if nothing else people want someone to validate i was their, just gonna like, say validate opinion yeah i mean and so like at the base level that is what the job of the critic is but it's also i think to like challenge like why you like what you like and like kind of like mess like walk in the room and mess some shit up to make people think about what they're listening to i think that's the like that's the, if there's two things about like being a critic is it's to validate or to oppose direct, yeah. directly oppose directly like opposed. i have an opposite opinion but let me explain it to you so it might change your mind yeah. or it might make you more um more into your opinion because you completely disagree with me so right. yeah so and yeah. sometimes opposition can be a form of validation right right opposition can push a listener to another stronger stance on validation than they were at before and I think that is also the work that, that the critic should do. At what point uh, when you were writing locally like did you know like this is what I'm going to do I'm, I'm going to actually pursue this like was there a certain piece or did you just wake up one day like I think I just woke up I woke up and felt like um, the work I was writing could be stretched beyond the local scene um and I was writing at a time when I think the Columbus hip-hop scene was at its best. Um, I mean, Fly Union was still around, and, <laughs> and, and you know, like, Pete Black was, was ascending. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so when that started to change, like, when that kind of that foundation started to get a little shakier, it made me wonder. Um, I started to think, like, as I often do, who is going to tell the story about this that's going to live forever? Right. right, because there was a point in Columbus where the the hip hop scene particularly was it's like the golden era, right? That's what everybody and, keeps saying, man. And, the, and so the question is then, like, if if I don't write about this in a way where everyone can know that this happened, no one else will. And so it became a thing where it's like, how can I get these local stories to a place where they are at, at a, in a national consciousness, and we can talk about um, this era of Columbus rap where they were like, like for real, like five or six like dudes or groups who should have blown up right uh and they didn't for a lot or like not depending on how you define blow up right right um they didn't for a lot of reasons but um knowing that that happened i think pushed me into writing more nationally you see i mean obviously i'm gonna agree than all of you guys in here you just can't wait to disagree go ahead (laughs) no go ahead we don't have to have this type of relationship you realize that right Go ahead and disagree. I'm not going to disagree. Yes, I was just going to say that right that, now is the best time. And- no, okay. <laughs> that's not what I was going to say. Is that from my perspective, we're in a really great like place as far as like. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. We're in a really great place. No, for the I had hip-hop. a second point. He just eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go what I was going to ask was is like in the golden era because I hear that often. You know that like yeah. you know Columbus's golden era of hip hop or whatever like it's fast. So I just want to know, like, you know, the, the different, like, names and everything, like, for people. Because, you know, I, I'm kind of privy to it, but I wanted to hear, like, you know, who, who you guys, like, would say, you know, was, like, really, like, dope, like, in the golden era. 
Like who should like who were the the people? I feel that like but, well, one I'm gonna say that uh, I think that there can be um, multiple golden eras of a place genre thing. I mean, I think like that's why there's like revival, like soul revivals and shit like that. Um, but I also I would defer to Burn on this because I feel like you were more. Like, yeah, I was, like, there and writing about it, but I think you had, a, like, your feet firmly planted in it. I didn't really get planted into the local scene, like, t- until 2009. Yeah, I feel like that's when it was, it was, like, popping that's, off. That's <laughs> the year I would say it was, too. I think, yeah. I think 2008, oh, 2009 was, was... I mean, I, you I know, think, going to the club, I have my own Columbus opinion. That's what I said. <laughs> no, but no, I, at least I'm not talking about club Columbus. And shit. But I think the, what made it the golden era was that uh, the shit like people were making shit that could be played in yeah, every, every single co- setting. Yeah, right. Like there was right, like I you could go out and hear like soup, right? And, and and like you could hear track like on the radio. You know what I'm saying? But burn, I'm saying burn probably has a better, nah. a better hold on on. I would agree. Um, it's just like it's people like Fly Union, like thoughts that yeah. Um, I, just, I, 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 I hate doing it because I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah, I, yeah it's I mean, tough to tick off the names. Um, I mean, but the third. That's kind of the, the point, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's why I hear those names. Now, obviously, Ellie, before it became Beta, everything, P Black Fabergé. Right, right. Now, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. Everything with the art show. And the art show's a classic, man. Philly P, Nest Words. Uh, I wouldn't say, okay, so I wouldn't call it the Golden Era. I would say that that was the peak. I think the Golden Era came a little bit before. Beforehand. And that just like ramped up to where everyone was at right. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what uh, Catalyst was telling me about. Yeah. We're going to get Catalyst on the podcast here soon, everything, so he can educate us with his hip hop knowledge and whatnot. But. Yeah, I'm just curious, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's when I started That's when I started thinking about writing more nationally. Because um, I, I thought it was an important... There was an important thing happening in a city I loved, and people outside of the city maybe didn't know about it. And then I began to think about whose responsibility is it to um, adjust that narrative so that it's, that's known beyond the city. So, like, what mediums did you use to, like, take the conversation national? Oh, I had, like, a blog. I was, like... And I was freelancing here and there for some places, but, like, largely... um, I don't know, and I'm not, like... I think blogs are great, Mm -hmm. even now. But I don't know the impact they still have. But, like, at that same time, a lot of music nerds were just, like, on blogs, right? A lot of people were getting, like... It was, was like, the high blog era. And so, like, yeah, I had, like, blogs where I would just, like, write... And I had friends who were... It was a networking thing in a way, right? Like, I had a network of friends who were also writing blogs about hip-hop in New York and in L.A. and Minnesota. And so, I mean, yeah, the the high blog era was fascinating for... um, It was, like, a great point in, like, local hip-hop journalism that I don't think we're going to get again. um, Where, like, I was reading about, like, underground Texas rappers. I remember reading about Future, um, someone who, like, saw Future... In it, like early future, right? Someone from Atlanta like blogged about seeing future like for the first time, and like didn't know how to describe him. Which is funny because now we still don't know how to describe him. But I think it's so a you lot, can describe it's other clear. people that. Uh, no, real talk though. But it's what I was telling like you. I was just what I was telling you outside, right? We've like we've done the revisionist <laughs> we've done the revisionist history on future, right? Because people are like. Oh, Lil Yachty's so weird, or oh, like Young Thug's so weird. But like, like, this is what people used to say about Future. He was telling me that when DMX first came out, that people were just like, "Yo, this isn't rap. This yeah, isn't hip hop." People used to say about DMX. People used to be like, "This dude is barking on this track, <laughs> and it's not. This is not what rap needs." But that's what rap needed, right? Like, rap came out of the shiny suit era uh, and had no, like, the street 
the, so the quote-unquote street rappers were not resonating anymore, and DMX was, was the far extreme, right? A dude who's, like, literally, like, bringing pit bulls on stage and, like, barking into microphones is what needed to, like, shift, the, bring the equilibrium, like, back to the, you know what I mean? We're going to sidestep the fact that he brought up DMX as I was talking about Lil Yachty and everything. We're not even going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, to be fair, like, I don't listen, I don't really fuck with Lil Yachty a whole lot. So I can't, like I think, like I told you, I think he's like an extreme that I just can't. He's on a number one hit, Billboard hit. Yeah. He has a number one hit. Broccoli. Yeah, and you know, I listened to Broccoli for the first time because I was listening to uh, the B-side, shout out to them, and they were talking about uh, Lil Yachty because somebody on there said that he was like a dope rapper. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I went and listened to it, and I actually like that song. I just want to say, I told you to listen to that song three times. Because <laughs> I told you that Johnny Manziel played it on his, on his Instagram, and that's how I found it. Because yeah. I was like, that song is hard. I saw that you said that today. Uh, I didn't know well, you said that. Yeah, I, I saw that. I said it on the podcast when it happened, too. <laughs> that's okay, though. I'm sorry. Late to the party, as usual. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I'm sorry. So, um, when you... What was your first thing that you did outside of locally, like... Like, what was the first thing, national thing that you did as far as writing? Oh, gosh. So, the first thing I did that got a lot of attention, because um, I did a lot of, like, smaller stuff for, like, smaller print magazines that no one read. Right. Um, I wrote an essay um, last year um, on a platform called Seven Scribes. Shout out to, to the Van Newkirk and E-Viewing. Um, I wrote about Fetty Wap. I wrote about Trap Queen um, and about how it's kind of like a love song. Um, and that got a lot of, like, attention in music blog, music writing circles. And um, then I wrote for Pitchfork some about, like, race and punk rock. I grew up in the punk rock scene in Columbus here in the Midwest. Um, and then I, I, from there on, I jumped to MTV. And, and now it's kind of like... And, I mean, this stuff, of course, like, the, the, the New York Times journal wasn't about music. Like, I wrote about, like police violence for the New York Times or like getting pulled over in Bexley because I went to college here and, and uh, uh, Bexley police are terrible um, yeah there's like no getting around it Bexley Broad Street has been a, a speed trap since yeah. I've been driving since, like, since what like 2000 yeah, yeah literally with all respect to Capitol for like fuck the like entire infrastructure of Bexley um, I hate Bexley I really do you live here though right yeah I do you gotta move you gotta yeah I was salty because, like, I was a geek to vote local, you know, this past yeah. election, and all of my people were Bexley people, so. Yeah, you can't vote. Yeah, you're voting Bexley. You got to get out of the. <laughs> I didn't vote for the mayor. I was salty. That's why it's important to buy a home in the city limits. But anyways, yeah. that's another topic. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's a whole other move. Yeah, so, I mean, really, even though I've been writing for a while, I feel like the, a lot of things picked up for me after, in the past, like, year and a half, perhaps. You know, my girl, um... I don't know if you know her or not. You judged her first like slam competition, and there's Alexis. Uh, she read. Oh, I know Alexis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's at OU still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down at OU, um, being the woman and everything like that. Yeah. But uh, she read your Trap Queen article, and she was like, was like in Patrick because she loved the song. She was like, "Oh my God, this is the best thing ever," and everything. Oh. So, yeah. I, I think my feelings on the song have changed since. I mean, the essay. Uh, got tied to a lot of stuff that I don't know if I felt good about. So my, <laughs> my feelings... One, I didn't expect it to, like, do what it did, right? I didn't expect it to make the rounds that it made, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, so big that, like, my family members who, like, don't normally would never read some shit like that, like, we're seeing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Michael Eric Dyson was, like, sharing... You know what I mean? Shit so, like that. So, like, oh. people... He did. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was, like... And I was, like, well, I... 
this is just something I thought was funny, right? Or like, <laughs> right. something I thought was, like, a different, not funny, like, hilarious, but, like, a different angle on um, the reimagination of, of um, black urban you know, spaces. Now that you say that, you sent me that link. I did. I put it in the oh, church. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember reading that, too. Yeah. It, I mean, did, I, I you, think it's a fine song. But you I, said it was bullshit, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. I'm like, I'm like, did I say that? I'm like, nah, that. I, I just made that up. No. Start in trouble. But I mean, a lot of, yeah, I think I'm sure a lot of people did think it was bullshit in some ways, right? Because there I were think, some people that thought it was bullshit. I'm not making course, that up. It just I, wasn't him. But I, I mean, I think, like, it's hard for people to imagine. So the, the, the main work I do, right, it's hard for people to imagine music as something beyond music. So, of course, when someone says this song has a larger impact than the words or imagery in it. People are like, well, this is bullshit. I can't stretch my imagination to, to do that. Or That's like, what I've been trying to tell people about Kanye, man. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, you, you don't like Kanye anymore, right? I think he's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't get excited about Kanye, but I think he's fine. I don't... I think, like, some... I don't... I think, like... I don't think he's the artist that he thinks he is, but then again, like, so few of us actually are. Right? His... His... His dreams and ambitions may be bigger, but I think, like, so few of us are actually the artists that we imagine ourselves to be. I was literally, like, that was, like, how I had the realization earlier today that I was talking about. Um, because I was listening to his earlier work and whatnot, and I was also talking to a friend of mine who I think is incredible. Like, they just do incredible work, but, like, their self-esteem about it is, like, they think so low of themselves, and, like, you know, it opens up the door for people to come in and to, like, shit on them and everything. And it's like, you know, if you keep on pushing past, you know, those naysayers, then it's like, who knows what you might create. And, like, I'm just thinking back to early Kanye when he was, like, so bombastic and so arrogant or whatever. And, like he said, it's like I use my arrogance and steam to, you know, arrogance and steam to empower my dreams or some shit like that. But, yeah, to your point, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, I think think he's all right. I mean, I... I thought Life of Pablo was fine. Just fine? Like, Just fine? Oh, yeah. man. I, thought oh. it was fine. I don't think it's bad. I don't, I don't listen. I never return to it. I listen to Wolves. I was um, just listening to it in the car. When we I like listen to the, the, the Wolves, the like, fixed version of Wolves, and I listen to like Fade, uh, and I listen to No More Parties in L.A. I hated Fade before the music video. And the music video didn't necessarily make me like it. I think it's the weather, honestly, outside. That... Yeah, it's a good song for this weather. And I think, but I also think, um, there are parts of the music video that are spectacular, right? And I'm, and I'm not talking about just like, well, Tiana Taylor's got a great body. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are parts of it that is that are like symbolism. Symbol, yeah, the symbolism. I think there are things about it, about it that are really spectacular and like jarring and very cool. Um, but I also just, I don't know if, if um, I don't know if that like. I, I think that music video is cooler than the other music videos for Pablo. Cause... I haven't liked a Kanye music video in quite some time up one, until Fade. What other ones have they been? Well, I haven't liked the music videos since Are Power. You, you like those uh, Yeezus videos? No. The one where there's like the computerized dog or whatever? No. Nah, yeah. I, <laughs> absolutely. Wait, I did like... Um, I thought Black Skinhead was cool. Yeah. I like the Runaway. Bound? I didn't like Black Skinhead. I, I like, like the Bound. Runaway 30-minute film. Oh, absolutely. You like Bound? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I hate nah, it. Bound really? trash. Yeah. It's a horrible video. I just thought Bound was like... I saw it as a parody. Maybe. Yeah, I, I thought for a parody I didn't like it. I, I, I thought he was like for real approaching uh, so. I, I thought he was for real approaching it and then there were parodies based off of his shit. I don't really like parodies though, so... I thought he was... 
doing a parody of like the, the classic love story. Yeah, like those cheesy. I mean, I, maybe like I didn't like them. I didn't really like Bound as a song though. So like that was my least favorite song off of Yeezus. I will say um, as we're talking about Kanye, I feel like a lot of his, a lot of his a lot of his predictions about his artwork and his stuff they're all coming true, mm-hmm. and we just don't like him because he's arrogant enough to predict that he's going to be something big. So yeah, just, I can't agree to that because people say I'm standing, but you know how I feel. Just imagine, like, um, if, if before Jay Z did the whole Samsung thing with Madden Carter, if he, he like, this is the future. Everybody's gonna be doing this from now on. He did. He said the first new rules. My love. Exactly, but I don't think he had the same emphasis as Kanye. But if he did, people would call him crazy too. But they did. It all came true. I mean, yeah. to your point. Yeah, but yeah, so. they did. But yeah, so Kanye's a genius. Genius. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I want to talk about it. Actually, we'll wait until after the break and everything. I, I want to ask you some questions about Hope. Why not? What, what, what's our time like? We're at 31. We're 31, but we had some of that intro was just y'all talking beforehand. True. I mean, no. Well, actually, before we talk, because that's more music and everything. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you about the VMAs real quick. Okay. So, you were at the VMAs. You helped write the VMAs yeah. and everything. So, what was that experience like? Uh, Exhausting. I didn't sleep a lot. You know, you're in a writer's room for days. Um... The the day before the Saturday before the VMAs, we were in the writers' room from 9 a.m. to like 3:30 in the morning, just straight through. We had to get right back up early on Sunday morning, so it's exhausting and it's taxing and it's it's um, it is great because it it helped me as a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Because so much of it is like hammering away at, at a single thing until it has the right amount of nuance or the right amount of humor or the right amount of whatever. So it's, it helped me as a as someone who likes to revise and. and go back and create again. So I didn't really understand what it meant to write the VMAs. I think most people didn't. I was actually surprised that it was... Yeah, so like a word has a script, right? So like... Uh, and if there's a host, um, it's easier because sometimes a host will bring their own writers, but the VMAs didn't have a specific host this year. Right. And so we had to write the whole show from the ground up. You know, everything. People's that shit that like the over speaker announcer said shit that was like scrolling at the bottom of the screen oh. and then we had to write the actual body of of the show we had to write the key and peel jokes we had to write the presenter intros we had to write the you know like the like bits that that the other correspondents were doing um how many writers four that's it yeah that's that's, so that's it. a lot of work that makes sense why it's so exhausting. But and I, but I think that was great. We had there were four writers who were extremely talented and versatile, and and we fed off each other and like really did the work and like knocked it out in a way that was. And, and we 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 all kind of broke into our own things um, while still contributing to the overall like tone of the show. Uh, but it was fun. I got to write jokes for Key and Peele. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I want to talk about those Key and Peele jokes. <laughs> so at first. My my very first reaction, I was frustrated with them, right? Yeah. Just because, well, I just was frustrated with them. Why? But I, I just felt like, well, let me finish this thought, right? Okay. So I went back and I revisited them. And then after I revisited them, and also before I revisited them, I went back and I watched some of the um, highlights from the Key and Peele show that I had initially liked. And I think the problem that I had was more so with Key and Peele than it was with the actual jokes that like they were saying. Because like when I went back and looked at it, I was like, yo, there is like a lot of like good quality stuff here. But I don't like Key and Pill because I feel like they I don't wanna say try too hard, but like I, I heard back when I was in camp a couple of years ago, they said, you know, kill it before it's dead. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like their shit that like they do or whatever, it's like 
I don't know, it's just the way that they, de- the de- excuse me, that they deliver it. It doesn't like always hit for me. You know what I mean? I'm gonna counter that and say that those dudes are literal geniuses. Right? I know. So that's, like, why, you, that's my only rebuttal. That's the reason why I went back and, and watched it and everything because like you were like you you said that they were comedic geniuses. Like, am yeah, I missing I think, something? I think those dudes are actual geniuses. But I also think, but I also think comedy is is subjective. Their brand of comedy, especially, is. Um, not for everyone because it's based uh, it's based off so much physical uh, action mm-hmm. as opposed to someone like Chappelle who is a storyteller or someone like Rock who is a Chris Rock who is a storyteller so much of the, what they rely on is, is physical performance and I think that I have a, an internal bias because they're black and they're the first like black comedians that are on this like same level since like Dave Chappelle and since uh, uh, Chris Rock you know what I mean but they're different right? exactly I mean, they're, they're, they're so not... I'm holding them to the same standard or whatever but, yeah I don't know if that's right. fair because they, they can't do what I mean just like Chappelle couldn't do what they do mm-hmm. right I mean Chappelle is a great performer but he couldn't do he couldn't pull off what they do and, and Chris Rock certainly couldn't right um, and and I think that's fine I think I mean I think so the problem with black people in art, I think, a lot of times, is that we have convinced ourselves that there can only be one. Mm, of absolutely. Each. And yet, in every lane, there can only be one. Um, and, and that's why, and that's why, like, and that's why, like, we defend our our black artists so vehemently. As Kanye West is a perfect example because we've convinced ourselves of the rare, the rare black genius instead of like saying that like black genius takes as many forms as any other type of genius, and there can be. A ton of us, and so you I wrote think about he, that, right? Yeah, I wrote about that with Kanye West. Yeah. Um, I think he and Peel are are brilliant, but I don't think I don't think they're Chappelle, and I don't think they have to be. But I also un- saying that understanding that means that they are going to have a different fan base entirely. Right. I mean, it's also about how you approach it. You know what I mean? Because I thought that you know they were going to take the same path that um, Chris Rock did when he right. you know, hosted the Oscars, which I loved. I thought that that was brilliant. You know what I mean? But it's like you said, like you know. It's a different type of humor, you know what I mean? And so initially, I was let down by those jokes and everything. But, you know, after I went back and revisited that, I found that I was too hard on them and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I really appreciated uh, that I got a chance to write for them. And Mm -hmm. I, I, working with them was a highlight of my year. Um, Did you actually get to meet them? Yeah, I mean, we, like, wrote with them. Oh, word, word, word. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, in the room writing. We were writing with them. Were those the main hosts for... Um, kind of. I mean, Khaled, DJ Khaled was there. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you got to meet him, too. Yeah, so the night of the VMAs, I worked with with Khaled. I was in the, like, skybox room space with him, and, like, Mm -hmm. we worked on script stuff. So that was interesting. He is a very kind person. Um, I was going to ask you about his personality, so... He's very kind. Yeah, really kind, but also... I think that like what you get out of Khaled is what you see on, on the Snapchat and all that shit is so like, he's the same, who, like that's in person. who he actually is. That's Word. like the person he is. Um, and yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was a long night. It was I still haven't like really watched the show because of the, when I was there, I didn't get a chance to like watch watch it. But um, I saw a couple of the performances. I was like thrilled to to work on it in the middle. Oh, you got to see Beyonce then live, right? Um, not really. I mean, it, when you're there, you're, like, working, right? So, like, while Beyonce was performing, I was, like, working with DJ Khaled to make sure that he knew the script, right? Oh, uh, so you didn't get to watch it either? No. I mean, oh. I got to watch a bit, like, bits and pieces of it, but I didn't get to, like, sit and watch it. Like, the night of, none of the writers got to, like, sit and watch it. I just want to say, before we get too far ahead, um, people, people don't like Key and Pill, I don't think, because they're not urban. 
Right. Um, that could be it too. I think they're hilarious. I mean, it's like I said, it's a it's an implicit bias. Going, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that you know we think that there's only one type of blackness. You know what I mean? And, and especially in comedy, where I think so many black comedians have um, archived uh, blackness explicitly. You know, what I mean, Dave Chappelle has the iconic stand-up bit about the baby in the limo selling. You know what I mean? And, and Key and Peele. Uh, I don't know if they feel like that's what they have to do. And, right. and, and I want to say that I, I don't think black artists or artists of the diaspora don't have to in any way uh, represent this like wide lens of blackness that we place on them. Do I do it? Absolutely. Because I feel I feel called to with, with where, where I'm from and like what I experienced. And But no one... I really believe in the idea of like multiple types of blackness being able to exist in concert with each other and, and sometimes that means the way a person addresses the way they sit in the world as a black person is a lot is, is not as uh, loud the only type of blackness that I don't appreciate is when people go on TV like Cam Newton and <laughs> well yeah I mean Oh, tap dancing. Tap, yeah, yeah I mean, tap dancing shit, you know, man. Like, just be who you are. Like, even if you, like, you know, nah, just be who you are, you know yeah, what I mean? But maybe that's, and I, and I don't, and I want to say that I, I agree that Cam Newton's comments were, like, just not something that I believe or think. But, I, and I, part of me wonders if that's not something, I don't know if he believes that. True. But I think that being black in public, right, being black and famous and being in public, um, I imagine there's a lot of like risk assessment that these people do. Yeah. And Cam Newton decided, like, we are. Cam Newton saw Colin Kaepernick with the, the full afro sitting down there in Braves? the national anthem. Did you see Cam yeah. Newton with on this? And Cam Newton was like, I have too much on the line to be that kind of black, so I'm going to be this other kind of black. And I think that is not. That's so, the type of shit I don't like. Yeah, I mean, I can't That's co-sign that. Even while saying like. that I think multiple blackness just should exist at once, I can't co-sign something that says pretty much like racism isn't real. Yeah. Right. Because then we're getting away from Lil Wayne. Reality. Yeah, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne just like yesterday, right? Yesterday, two days ago. Yeah. Man, I, I haven't listened to today. it yet, but <clears throat> never mind. I don't even there ain't go no there. way that you heard what he said. I mean, when I you haven't listened it, to it. When you hear it, there's no way you can listen to it and be like, I can see where you're coming from. I've like, heard other stuff that <laughs> yeah. he said though, where he's kind of saying that the racial barriers are being broken down in newer generations because everybody is flowing together in the same like, audiences and they're at the same festivals. I need, to, I need to see the music. real world receipts on that, though, right? <laughs> because that sounds good. It sounds yeah. good to be like, I went to a music festival and I saw white people and black people dancing to the same music. But, like, how does that impact real world real talk though the specials are bubbles yes absolutely <laughs> I posted I don't know if you guys saw it on my Facebook a couple of days ago like it's gotten a reaction oh, I wasn't man. expecting I want to talk to you about that oh okay <laughs> so I posted it up there um, like to your point about like the real world receipts and everything like that it's like you know we could talk about you know everybody being the same and equal and love and all that type of shit as much as we want to but implicitly at the end of the day like there are very real differences in the way that we go about regular life you know what i mean and it's in micro ways that you wouldn't really think about and that's the reason why like i even like posted it up there is because like i have a lot of white friends uh probably more white friends than a lot of my black friends do you know what i mean um and you know, like, them see me, like, I'm the quote-unquote good black, right? And so, 
like it shocked a lot of them. I got a lot of private messages and stuff. It shocked a lot of them that like I had that type of experience. I, I had those type of thoughts and everything. Like to your point about how like it shocked your white friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shocked them. Like if you are you talking about race shocked your white friends? No, the, I don't know if you saw the poster or whatever. No, no. Like, it was, about, it was I, about you driving your car. Yeah, I was driving out <laughs> to my mom's house and the cop pulled out and uh, like I thought he was coming after me or whatever. So like I had. My, my mind ran the gambit of all the like you know scenarios of like what might happen next or right, whatever right, then he ended up like pulling back into the media and everything but the whole like experience cause like my mind went from like damn I really don't want to get a ticket to damn I really don't want to die and right. damn like I don't want my daughter to grow up without a like a whole bunch of shit yeah, like it's and, anxiety inducing yeah, yeah exactly but it stayed with me like the whole ride back and then even the next morning which is when I posted it uh, just talking about how um, like, you know, live in America that nobody should have to, like, you know, have those type of thoughts go through their head. Of course. And my white friends are shocked that those thoughts did go through my head. You know what I mean? So, um... You gotta, you gotta get better white friends. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, like, for real. Like, you don't, you gotta, you gotta think, though, like, if there's something that you don't live through or whatever, then you don't, like, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know what you don't know, but I think if you deeply love and care about someone who does know... Mm-hmm. Then you learn. Well, like flat out. Let me be also a little bit more specific. It wasn't necessarily my close white friends. It wasn't like the homies. No, nah, it was just I'm, Facebook friends. Yeah, I'm talking about oh, like I mean, that's some different like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, high school friends and like uh, college associates. Maybe yeah, I should absolutely. say associates. My yeah, white I mean, associates. That's entirely different shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all got those friends, so we do like gotta. Right, right. Know. But I also think you did a great job kind of telling a story and painting a picture versus imposing opinion, and they were probably way more open to read about it. It was long. Just, I was surprised so many yeah. people did read it. Yeah, that was an essay for I was going to say, everybody was like, TLDR. Was <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 as soon as I clicked and I saw how long it was, I was going to type them. I'm like, this this sounds serious. Let me read it first. And I read it. And um, I guess my thought on that is, um, what stops you from just not thinking that when I you're driving? I wish I didn't think it, bro. Like, that shit, like, literally, like, I walked in. It was late, too. I was just going to go get my clothes because my washers broke. I was just going to get my clothes and leave. But instead, like, I went I stopped talking to my mom and, you know, spent some time with her and everything, kissed her, all that type of stuff or whatever. Um, interrupted her work, too. I feel bad for that. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I wish that I didn't have those type of thoughts or whatever. I don't know how to stop it. You know what not I mean? To, not to uh, invalidate them or, or say that you're done for having them. But, like, for example. Um, Is this one of those times where you say, um, no offense, but. No, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. I guess because, uh, like, you know, I run a lot. And I've rolled my ankle so many times, like, training for this marathon. So when I'm running, I often think, like, damn, what happens if I roll my ankle? I, I, and, like, it kind of causes a pain just mm-hmm. thinking about it. But then other times I'm running, I'm, I'm just, like, not thinking about it. And then everything goes fine. So I'm, I, I guess I'm trying to say, like, we have less anxiety if you just didn't think about it. Not that it's easy to just be like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, you can't really I mean, control what you think about what you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like. Also, yeah, I mean, I think the climate of climate of the country uh, and the climate of like I think I will say this I think seeing knowing that there is video where you can watch right. someone be like literally executed after being pulled over for nothing for nothing makes right. you think about it, right? it I mean it's impossible right I've in the past year only been pulled over once on like alone on a dark road and it, it shook me right. right like I was yeah. shook for like several hours after after right, um, right. and it's because I know that there is like and of course you can see people roll their ankles right like that's right. also a thing but um, it's different though death, it's different death I mean, yeah, is a so, different, so, yeah. I mean like we watched or some of us I did not but like some of us like, I watched, watched all of them 
400 Castile, like, just I get shot. It. Just get shot, like, straight up murdered, like, in front of, you know what I mean? And so that is something that's, it creates an anxiety. It creates an anxiety. Probably because I haven't yeah. watched it. It's probably why I don't think To your was. point, too, though, um, I mean, like, you know me or whatever, like, and that was, like, one of the ironic things is that I'm one of those people that, you know, does, like, preach, you know, to not paint everybody with the same picture and everything and not to have those type of, like, worries. And you can't walk into something thinking that the other person is going to beat that. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, like, trust me, like, you know, I have a lot of cop friends. Like, I went to uh, one of our clients today at work, and they have, like, a cop out, out front or whatever. Like, I made a point to, like, stop talking to them like I always do. You know what I mean? And uh, just because, like, that's something that I've always been told. Like, you know, cops are your friends and everything like that. Right. But it's like you said. Like, you can't help. But well, I couldn't help it, at least that day. You know what I mean? So. Side note, um. Uh, I, I was at Kroger and there was a cop outside and I actually stopped to ask him I'm like man I, I got my CCW I don't got it on me right now so don't, don't be worried <laughs> but if I get pulled over what should I do he gave me like a like 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 great advice as far as like you know just um, roll the window down don't reach for anything just put your hands on, your, on the stairwell when they come up to the window tell them like just cut them off if you have to tell them like listen I have my license I, I, I'm carrying or I'm not or if I am carrying it's right here and then what do you want me to do from here on out and so that kind of information, like, kind of like... And you know what I'm laughing at right now? I know you're laughing at. <laughs> that kind of information um, kind of lowered my anxiety a little bit, but I, I still feel the same way when I drive past a cop. Even though I, I always go to speed limit, but I'm still thinking, like, man... I have my cruise control on. Right. Like, so yeah. if they pull me over, and, you know, they run your license plate, but they can tell you got a CCW, so they're already going to walk up to the car with their hand on their hip, like... Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think about all that, too, but then I try not to think about it because he's going to be stressed out all day just wondering about the bad stuff that could happen to you. True. Not to say that you, you can just turn it off, because I've just something you can't just turn off. Right, 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 right. right. So it's all good. Let's take a, a break right now. Okay, good, because I want to ask you about your top five. I hope you're ready, okay? Because okay. we're gonna grill you. Yeah, yeah. Did you pause it? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've been on. I've been on, yeah, play along, this your song, my, this your song, yeah, ooh, Lord, I've been on, my, I've been on, yeah, play along, this your song, my, this your song, yeah, ooh, Lord, yes, you know I'm ill, yeah, yeah in this, you fuck how you feel, yeah, from the heart, so you know it's real, yeah, turned up, got mass appeal, yeah, all of you know that the flow is divine, wow. skate on your hoes and I stay on my grind, wow. say that you living, but damn is you lying, wow. killing your vision, you went in a blind, wow. oh my, how God bless me. Yo, bullshit can't stress me. Spear gun if you niggas test me. Nickname me you're a meshy. Blast off in this bitch, no doubt. Midwest, but I'm from the south. Call me Calvi, don't run my route. Let me show you what this about. I've been on, I've been on. Play along, this your song. This your song. Ooh, Lord, I've been on, I've been on. Play along, this your song. This your song. Ooh, Lord, I've been on, I've been on. Play along, this your song, why? This your song, yeah. Ooh, Lord, I've been on, why? I've been on, yeah. Play along, this your song, why? This your song, yeah. Ooh, Lord, classic flow, goddamn, they fake. Yeah. Killed your dreams, so I can't relate. Yeah. I'm the shit, you can't debate. Yeah. Live as fuck, boy, listen, yeah. Keep it real, it's for the culture. Why you speaking with shit to offer? Why? Pick your trends, these fucking vultures. Kill yourself, your bitch dishonor. Yeah. On a new level, so pick up the vibe. Wow. Nigga, I'm different, so out of my mind. Wow. Pick up the pace, cause you falling behind. Wow. Low is too early, you never on time. Wow. Never stopping, I keep on going. Yeah. Never stagnant, I keep on growing. Yeah. Third eye, I'm staying 
million folk this world stop nobody's knowing what? I've been on what I've been on yeah play along this your song what this your song yeah ooh lord I've been on what I've been on yeah play along this your song what this your song yeah ooh lord I've been on what I've been on yeah play along this your song what this your song yeah ooh lord I've been on what I've been on yeah play along this your song This your song, yeah. Ooh, Lord. a newest single from Devin XO. Uh, make sure you check that on flypapermagazine.com. But we just want to take this moment to say that this podcast is podcast. sponsored by sponsored. <laughs> the Get Out Network, Get which Out is Network. a nonprofit enrichment organization <coughs> that was founded in 2012. It offers a platform for the youth to gain access to advancing technology, technology. while developing themselves professionally, professionally. Socially, socially, and artistically, artistically through innovative programming. Boom. I hate you so Get much. GetOutNetwork.org. <laughs> so, bow, bow, bow. it's the lightning round of <laughs> To the Drummer's Beat. Not really, but we should really uh, come up with a segment or whatever. It's like, get to know our guest. I don't know. We gotta have more guests. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, hey, yeah, good point. More to come. Uh, but now we, we just want to like talk to you a little bit more. Uh, we mentioned it on the first side of this podcast. You just wrote a book. Yeah, oh, it just came out. I wrote it over the course of like three years, and it just came out on... What came out in July? July 21st. You just came out with a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good book. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. Th- that's a quote from somebody, isn't it? It's like, uh, ah, damn. I don't remember. He's like, I have a thing. It's a really good thing. Well, whatever. Anyway, so. That's the most general ass. No, I, I think it was like, um, I have a mission. And it's a really big mission. Oh, it was LeBron James. It's LeBron James. He's like, I have a goal. It's a really big goal. That's to bring a yeah, a title back to Cleveland. I know I'm about to make it shit up. You just want to bring it back to the Cavs somehow. Go ahead. Keep going. Hey, I just wanted to take this chance to remind everybody that Golden State blew a three one lead in the finals in two thousand two time MVP. And a two time anyway. Unanimous so, MVP. Unanimous, yeah, yeah. And, uh, unanimous MVP. Yeah, it's crazy. How so do you my, feel about that? Like in, in Connecticut? I mean I think I think the Warriors are a very good team, and I think Steph Curry is an excellent player, and I think they dropped, they, they really blew it in the finals. They made some bad decisions, particularly Draymond Green. I mean, there's no telling if, if he would have played that game or he was suspended, what would have happened, but I, I think... And I, and I think the Cavs also played phenomenal, right? What you meant to say is that that kid Cavs from Akron went superhero, <laughs> super saiyan, and... Yeah, I mean, he played well, and Kyrie played well. I think what gets lost in the narrative is that those last, like, three games, Kyrie also played out of his mind. Lost right. by everybody except for Skip Bayless, and that's what I was trying to say in the fucking chat when y'all killed me. It's like, do you follow Skip Bayless at all? Are you one of the people that not. thinks she's an idiot? <laughs> Absolutely right. not. So Skip 
Bayless has been like everybody says he's trolling. I don't think he's trolling. He says that Kyrie Irving hasn't been sung as enough praises and that he has legitimate stake uh, to at least be in a conversation for MVP for the finals and everything. Okay. And me, I said, I don't think that he's trolling completely. I think that he actually does have a little bit of a point because Kyrie played out of his mind yeah. in the finals as well, and nobody talks about that. Like, all anybody well, talks about is LeBron. Because it's, and a, the, because it's a conversation on the very clear end, right? Like, yes, can Kyrie be in the argument for being the finals MVP? Yeah. Absolutely, sure. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> like, that's an argument, of course. That's great. But, like, LeBron is the finals MVP. I mean, like, you, LeBron would have been the finals MVP if they lost. But you can't say that about anybody else. You can't say about Kevin Love or J.R. Smith or yeah, but where does that, Richard Jefferson the, or anybody. Where, what's the next step of that argument? I'm just saying to it's like with Scottie Pippen, like how he often gets left out of Michael Jack, excuse me, Michael Jordan conversations. Like as far as like, how do you want to put Scottie Pippen in the Michael Jordan conversation in a way that he's not already? Well, I don't think that he's in it most times. Like people, the way that people talk about Michael Jordan, they say that you know he basically made it so that nobody ever had a chance to ever like winning a title over him and everything. But really, it was a team effort. Obviously, you know, without Scotty there and without Dennis there, you know, like, well, you, you know what I mean? I mean, he won titles without Dennis. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm talking about the, the second setup. The second setup? Yeah. I mean, I think Scotty Pippen gets a lot of credit for a dude who, like, averaged, like, 19 points a game. You know what I mean? Scotty gets his due for guarding Michael Jordan in practice and making him better. I and think Scotty Pippen's a great player. I think that Scotty has, in the last three or four years, gotten more. Well, you know what? I can't even say that because I'm only 24. But I, I think that his praise has gone up over the last four years of people saying Scotty doesn't get enough credit. You see what I mean? I think that it's the same argument for Kyrie. Like, people act like this year, people acted like LeBron James was carrying the team on the shoulder and that he was playing with scrubs. Like, I, I saw those, I had those debates with people. Like, he didn't have anybody. And it's like, no, like, we have the future on the team right now. Those are probably less, more debates before the finals, I'm sure. No, during the finals, bro. So after the finals? I'm saying during the, but after Mm -hmm. the finals, it's all about LeBron. Nobody said anything else about anybody else. I mean, it took Kyrie a long time to show up in the finals and when he did, he played really well. I I think oftentimes the problem with sports conversations is that people want more I think you can be nuanced about a lot of conversations, but I think sometimes the sports conversation is what it actually is on its face. That's true. Right? Like, of course Kyrie Irving sh- didn't win the finals MVP. He shouldn't have won the finals MVP. Should he have been in the conversation? Sure, but, like, what does that even mean? No. What does that, like, what does that mean when we talk, like, if you want to talk about, like, It was practical... a LeBron story from the beginning. Yeah. You see, for me, I'm a Cavs fan. I'm not just a LeBron fan. And so I was a Cavs fan when all we had on the team was Kyrie yeah. and Tristan. And, like, I was rooting for him or whatever. So, like, I'm, I'm happy for him that he got the... I'm thrilled for him. Yeah, you know I'm what I mean? I'm thrilled for so... Tristan. I'm, I'm thrilled for Kevin Love. Uh, nah, fuck him. But I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, get him out the paint, bro. I, I think LeBron is LeBron played the best basketball I think I've ever seen played for a stretch of games. I think I just over say, Jordan. I can't think of a stretch of games Jordan had that are as dominant as LeBron in the in those last like few finals games. I just want to say the real losers here are people that the t-shirt companies that don't put the Warriors blew us uh, a 3-1 lead Yo, on a t-shirt. Why hasn't that shirt been made? I'm going to go make it when I get home. I'm going to ink.com. That should have been heaven. Yeah. That, that shirt would sell out. That's enough about the kid from Akron because we have the kid from Columbus here. <laughs> 
My segues are terrible. No, but real talk. I thought that was nice, Malcolm. Real talk, though, like that's what your book essentially boils down to, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. He tried to save you with it. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think like I have the book. Gee, ultimately, a signed copy of the book. What's the name of the book? The name of the book is "The Crown Ain't Worth Much." It's a poetry book. It's a book of poems. Oh, Excuse me. Okay. I said that incorrectly. Uh, oh no, you said it fine. Um, the crown ain't worth much. Yeah, it's like a lot of, and yeah, it is about kind of. Um, it's kind of like uh, what I what I wanted to to do was to fold into this idea of of good kid, mad city, um, for the Midwest though. Mm-hmm. I think and write about yo uh, growing up in Columbus. That's crazy. I never thought about. Yeah. Like it makes perfect sense though. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of used the blueprint of Good Kid, Mad City, which came out as I was crafting the idea for the book, um, and I wanted to lean into that and kind of think about how to make that a thing that that could be written about um, through the lens of Columbus. Yeah, I have a special connection to it because I'm black. Yeah, I live in Columbus. Some of the streets that you talk about, like I live on Sheridan right yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like there's poems in there that, you know, you reference it and whatnot. So um, I'm enjoying my read of the book. And, and I feel extra special because I got one of the first Windsor 100 Terrace. copies. Huh? Windsor Terrace. Windsor Terrace, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I, I meant it Shout when I said Kid from Columbus. Shit that only Columbus people would know. But. <laughs> Hey, why why come people can't know about why come? Why come? It's economic. Oh, excuse me, ebonics. What did I say? Ebonics. Ebonics. Yeah, no. Why come people can't know about Windsor Terrace the same way that people know about the Marcy Projects? No. Right. So that's that's the that's the goal, right? Is to the goal has always been, even when I was talking about like my early re- music writing, to spread Columbus and we were just talking about Jero and how Jero and we've had these conversations shout out to Jero spread Columbus to a national place right a place where Columbus can be talked about the same way Windsor Terrace can be talked about like Compton or or Sheridan Avenue can be talked about like any other major street in any other city because Columbus has this history Um, and so I wanted to set out to write a book uh, especially since it was my first book I wanted to be very clear about where I was from and, and what I was aiming to represent yeah um i was telling Hanif earlier like i was telling two things one i'm so bad at doing podcasts and everything because i have like like really great conversations before we start recording and everything so um i'm sorry that you guys didn't hear all the stuff that we were saying about your own all that type of stuff but even more importantly to this conversation is that this is the first book that I started reading after graduating and probably the first fiction book that I've read since freshman year of college, if not high school and everything. So like it got me back into like reading. I wouldn't think that this kind of well, poetry yeah, is I guess, fiction. I guess it's not fiction. It, it is I wanna be clear to say that it is not non fiction. So there is stuff in there that's like inspired by <laughs> tree stuff. Yeah, I mean it's not but like it's not <laughs> embellishment. It's like a good kid mad city. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's very much to the roots of good kid mad city. Stealing poems. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, because I, I can't, I can't be like it's all true because there's stuff in there that's like rooted in some truth and then spread out into something bigger. I mean, that's what art's supposed to be. Sometimes, yeah. so. Is there, uh, um, <laughs> is there digital versions of this as well? Not yet, but there will be soon. Um, it's. I'm really often surprised at how it's done. I think even the publisher was maybe not expecting it to do as well as it has, and so I think the demand for the digital has gone pretty high. Can I prime it? You can prime it. 
Good. You can absolutely <laughs> primate. Can I primate? Good. You can definitely primate. You can get it at like on, online at Barnes and Nobles and in other places. It's like all over. I think it's it's at like bookstores here wow. too. So you can like find it in bookstores here. I know it was at the book loft for a while, and I think it sold out. But so what's the next book? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, you spent three years making this one, I, 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 like I also don't know if I spent three years making another one. I think this was a difficult, long process. I, I'm working on this idea of, of a book about a book of music journalism. I'm working on the idea of um, poems centered on uh, the night that Biggie died mm-hmm. here in Ohio. Um, so I'm like juggling a couple That's book a great projects. Poem that you wrote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that poem exists. Yeah, and it's kind of like the first poem of the of the series. And so I'm working on a couple projects right now. I'm kind of trying to let that book live its best possible life. And so like I'm kind of giving it months to to flourish and then reappro like kind of going back in the studio as as, as artists do. You know what I mean? And the name of the book is one more time in case anybody wants to go and the, copy. Uh, the crown ain't worth much. The crown ain't worth much. It's a quote from The Wire. So I was thinking earlier, the wire. like I I measure successful black men in Jay Z epochs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like right now I, I would say that Hanif is like in a reasonable doubt. You know, error. And then like I, the hope, I hope it works out that well for me. Yeah, I mean like because I was just I told you I've been revisiting Kanye all day and like on Never Let Me Down, which I think has one of the greatest whole verses. Ever. Which one, the second one? Yeah, the second, the second one. Part, yeah. yeah, he was like, who else you know that's been hot this long? You know what I mean? It started from nothing, but now we got this strong. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that shit dope, bro. Like, I really love it. But, um, yeah, like, speaking to what you were saying earlier, I don't know if this was on the podcast or not, but, you know, like, growing up with basically, like, nothing or whatever, and then, you know, writing for the VMAs and stuff, like, it's definitely a, a great trajectory. And my view just on, like, black celebrity, black, uh, role models and everything has evolved and it's like the older I get and the more I see Jay-Z with his same success the more that like I look at him as like something that you know black boys should want to like live to be like in their own respective like career fields you know what I mean um, like for him to literally come from nothing and like be like one of the most powerful black men in the history of the world yeah. is that an exaggeration is that a hot take yeah. to say that yeah. yeah you know what I mean so it's like I don't know I just that's how I'm looking at like people now, or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to your volume one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I don't have the the weird uh, kind of like middle career that Jay Z had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Maybe not that. But, but, uh, the yeah, best of both worlds, one and two. Yeah, no one like wants. I mean, but but he also, the, to be fair, I think rap was at a difficult time, but I think he was really going through it hard. What's your ultimate <clears throat> goal with writing, man? Like, like, what would be the um, the top of the mountain for you personally? I don't know what it is yet, right? And I think if I did, I would have a harder time going back to the work, right? I, I think um, I hope to write a couple more books of, of various things, right? Like, it's weird to write poems and to write music criticism because those are two vastly different worlds. But I try to, like, my ultimate goal is to bring those two worlds closer together um, and to get more people reading things that they didn't think they would enjoy reading. Right. I want to get more people who don't normally read poems to read poems. I want to get people to read music criticism in a different way than they, they're used to reading it. And I want to do these things while also staying true to where I'm from and, and um, being unafraid to introduce personal narratives into work that people maybe don't see personal narratives in often. Um, I want to make people come to visit Columbus and see things that have been written about it. Um, 
So writing more for consumption as opposed to writing for like script or for television or yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, I definitely know I don't want to write for television. Again. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun like the VMAs was like fun. Like joint. I did it. Like that was yeah, I did it. Like I was proud of it. I'm thrilled about it and all that. Um, but I don't think that's not my that's not going to be my wave at all. Um, yeah, I can't imagine I can't imagine that being the move for me. Work. So kind of transitioning away from writing and I want to ask you like just as far as like overall hip hop and everything yeah. um, we told you before whatever we want to know what your top five is and then who your hip hop goat is uh, I mean I think I, I you know I'm kind of an old school traditionalist and then I think you like your um, rappers to actually rap well that <laughs> but I also think that, that Rakim is probably Oh, I, I began to I began to like revisit my opinion on Rock Kim being the greatest of all time because I don't know if his body of work. Um, t- I think body of work is important, right? Body of work is sacrosanct, and I think a major failure in is that no one considers that important. So we have people who think Andre 3000 is the greatest rapper of all time, right? Who else should know this been hot this long? And I enjoy Andre 3000. I think he's great, but he's never had a, he's never carried a solo album on his own. I'm taking Big out of my top. Well, I took Big out of my top five a couple years ago for that same reason. Yeah, I mean, if you can't carry it, I I, and I'm I'm sure Andre 3000 could carry a solo album on his own, but I need to hear it. So when people say the love below, what would you say? That's not a that's one one that's not an Andre 3000 solo album. Two, like if we're if we're keeping it like as real as possible, was the love below great? Oh shit! Like it was good. It was good. I think it's fine. Oh shit! And I think I think both. So I want to say that I think both Speaker Box and The Love Below are good albums, but it's not a classic album, right? Like The Love Below isn't a classic top five hip hop album. It's not a top ten hip hop album. Everybody that's listened to this podcast just cussed you out. (laughs) Well, I think it's because we like myth build. Like we myth build these rappers, right? So we built this myth of Andre Three Thousand. Like Carter One and Two. Yeah, I mean, we did that with Lil Wayne. We do it with rappers. We did it with Wayne Heavy. We never did it with Hov, um, though. Well, because he were, he was delivering. We do it with rappers who aren't delivering consistently, right? Or we do it with rappers who deliver and then go away and then deliver again, like Andre 3000. Right? Like Nas. Every every guest verse with Andre 3000 is phenomenal, right? But then he goes away, and so we For build... 18 months. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... So it's easy to build this myth around him because all we hear is these small, short bursts of greatness. So I do think the greatest rapper of all time is... is is Rakim, but I also have to consider his. He's had he had a great brief body of work that did not hold up over multiple generations. So who do you think about replacing him with? I don't Hope. know. Uh, no, uh, but I like I like Jay Z a lot. You know what I mean? Like I like Jay Z a whole lot. But I think if we are if we like step back and look at his career, it's been like um, he's had about as. He's had greatness, but he's had some... I mean, Jay-Z right now, Magna Carta wasn't a good album. What? His middle records weren't that great. Define so, not a good. I think half the songs were not that good. Okay. Um, but I also think okay. that Jay-Z has had like four, maybe five classic records, right? If we think... Some people think Volume 1 is a classic. Uh, Reasonable Doubt, certainly. Blueprint, certainly. Black Album. Uh, Black Album, certainly. Right. And American right. Gangster, like... I would that's say my favorite. That's my favorite whole right? album. So, like, I think he has four, but I, I would not argue with someone who said that Volume One's a classic. You I say the Black Album? Yeah, I think the Black Album's a classic. What do you like? Do you count Watch the Throne as a whole album? No, and I and I think Watch the Throne was like a fun thing. I think it was like a fun, cool album. But like, I don't. Again, it's not. I don't like revisit it. I revisit Otis and I revisit 
Um, gotta have it. Yeah, I revisit Gotta Have It, and I revisit uh, Illest Motherfucker Alive. Yeah. I listen to Washington Throne at least once every three months. It's a fun album. Like, it's a fun, it sounds fun. It sounds like they went in the studio and had a good time. In the same way that, like, What a Time to Be Alive sounds fun. Uh, and, not, and, and so I think those albums exist for that. Do you think this Kanye and Drake album is going to be fun? No. Uh, I don't think it's going to come out either. Bro. I don't think it's going to come out. But if it does, it, it feels like it'll be a tedious, a tedious does, thing. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be tedious. I they just that. don't seem like they'd collaborate no. well. Joe Budden says that he doesn't think they like each other. Well, you know, Joe Budden says a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're not a Joe Budden fan? Oh, I love... I love uh, well, I could do without... So with me, I'm at a point in my life where I can just like... I am very much in a what I have called the like just give me music point in my life. So I could do I could give a fuck about this extra I love shit. podcast. But I Joe think Budden. I think Joe Budden can rap. I mean I think Joe Budden can like really rap. He did a freestyle recently on maybe Ebro in the morning that was like unreal. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like, but he's also all those slaughterhouse dudes are like, with the exception of maybe Crooked Eye, are so great if you just sit them in a booth and say go. But then you have to, like, you got to make, make albums, right? Yeah, like, yeah. they can't make albums. Those dudes aren't album rappers. And I, that hurts me because I fuck, I fuck with them. Like, I think they can rap. But when I get a Slaughterhouse album, I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like, y'all just, I don't know if it's the beats they're picking. I don't know if it's the fact that the chemistry, their chemistry, they thrive off of this energy that has to happen in, like, a freestyle space, I think. Prime was dope. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, top five, top five, top, top five. five rappers. Top okay. five, top um, five, top five. I think I five is Slick Rick. Okay. Um, because without Slick Rick, I think an entire generation of storytellers would not exist. I think Slick Rick has where Slick Rick's body of work is lacking. His legacy is is greater than, um, and his body of work's only lacking because he like lost a lot of years to prison. Um, Ice Cube at four. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think maybe now I'm comfortable saying Jay-Z at three, which um, he wasn't always in my top five. Uh, Nas at two and, and Rock came at one. And, and I think um, if we do this again in five years, I think, yeah, we're going to, it's going to shuffle. I think Kendrick Lamar will crawl into... Yeah. A lot of top fives. That's I, what I was about to ask. He's already in my top five. And, and I think that's—I think that makes sense, right? I, I personally need another album. More, yeah. Um, but I think he's like capable, right? If we look yeah. at the run from like Section Eighty to uh, the latest joint, like I, I mean, it's like his body of work is good. But if he stopped right now, top five. If he if he stopped right now and it was an intentional stop, right? If it was like I have nothing left and this is the this is the body of work I have, then I think I would maybe knock out Slick Rick or Cube. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what's I the opposite? I mean, what, what, what's different besides intentional? Like, well, because if he stops, so, so if he just doesn't release anything ever again and doesn't say anything about it, then the conversation is like that, that leads to a lot of speculation, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but if he says, like, I am done rapping, but no really, closure, no one retires from rap, <laughs> is the thing, right? Lil Wayne said he retired, and then now all of a sudden he's not retired. When I and I think, unfortunately, Lil Wayne is at a point where he has nothing left to give, right? He had that run. <coughs> and did Wayne get hyped up? Yes, but he also had a good run. He had Incredible. a good run from yeah. Carter 2 to Carter 4-ish. 
Um, I mean, Carter, Carter 2 is a great album. No, Carter 4. That's what I was concerned about. Carter 4. I think he probably stopped at 4. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> he said 4 ish. 4 ish, because he had some good Makes verses. Sense. He had good Makes verses sense. on Carter 4. Well, 6 Foot 7 Foot was on there. So. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 6 Foot 7 Foot is a phenomenal way verse. He yeah. has some phenomenal verses. Um, but I think that's all he had, right? I Wayne's, think, like, he, he can only fail right at this point. Yeah. yeah There's no was, way Carter 5 is going to be what yeah. we want it to be. I, I think that Wayne is, like, if he had died. Right after no sins, <laughs> they have to die. No, well, why can't he get deported or something? <laughs> he has to die. All right, if he if he moved to Cuba, okay, right after no ceilings, then he like would be Tupac. As yeah. far as like like myth the I mean, no ceilings was phenomenal. Those mixtapes too, like the Drought series. I mean, he he put out some great tapes, but I don't think he. I don't. So there's something about rappers going on those big runs that makes me uneasy. Which is why I'm uneasy about Future. Right, Future's going on this run that is like. Impossible to fathom. I thought you were about um, to say uh, our Canadian friend Drake. I don't think Drake's run compares to Future's, right? Yeah. What? Really? Future has put out eight albums in two years. Yeah, but some people will argue that Drake's been running summers for seven years, which is some stupid, complete bullshit. Yeah. Since, since, so for seven years. So we're talking. Wait, so you guys disagree with that? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because what, he has what it. else are your summer anthems? Wayne was putting out shit back in 09. What, what, what Drake summer anthems are there? Yeah, what, so, what? what Drake song? Before this year? Before this Look, year? Back in 09, Anthem. Drake was a, a hook man that was happy to get looks. Real talk. I like Drake. I, will say, I, like, Drake. I like Drake a whole lot, but I, I think I'm not saying that he's good for. I'm just saying like his first he had anthem summer. was he's a summer guy. Was uh, what's the anthem of his? Summer? I don't listen to the radio a whole lot. So this like, summer was it one dance? One dance. The controller. The controller. And one dance. Controller. Um, I, I this summer in the spaces heard Drake on work more than I heard one dance or controller. On well, work too. Like uh, yeah. and that is. Decidedly, a Rihanna song, right? Like, that people is a, say that Drake ran summers because he was on like every hook and everything. It's like so is Trey Song, so is Jeremiah. Summer so, anthem of Drake's before. What I, about Know Yourself? No, well, before before no. Meek Mill Rico and everything. I was gonna yeah. say back to back. You saw what? In a vacuum, I think. But yeah, I, back to yeah. back. I don't think. No. I don't know. I, and I like I like these songs and I like Drake, but I think all anthem, anthem, uh, all me. No, an anthem is a track queen. Track queen is an anthem. Yeah, I mean, an anthem is something like that. So, so an anthem is something that crosses that crosses the boundary of of rap to into pop music. If in that's the that case, is. then I take back what I said earlier about how Kanye's never ran in the summer because he has anthems. Gold Digger, yeah, Gold Digger, yeah. Homecoming, um, Stronger. I wouldn't name Homecoming. Yeah, I wouldn't name Homecoming. Well, but Stronger was certainly Stronger. Y'all yeah. want to say Homecoming for no. real? No, no. So about anthem, all the lights. No. no, so no. an anthem like oh. from real has to cross over. It has to cross over into pop music. It has to be huge. Yeah, right. Gold Digger, Runaway. No, no, Runaway was huge. Gold Digger. You gotta <laughs> talk. You gotta, I, think, I think you're. I think right. you're like thinking, flashing light. It has to be huge more than in our bubble. Right? It has to be like people have to. The Trap Queen is huge because well, I like think of Runaway because like, of like suburban the mom Swift and Trap Queen. Oh. That's why there that chairs, bro. <laughs> Taylor Swift, like I was thinking, I just want to love you. Element of it. Anthem, yeah. what? I just want to love you. Okay. Anthem. Uh, One of the songs is like, yeah. good songs, good songs yeah. among yeah. certain groups. Naked in Paris. Yeah, I and, think so. Yeah. Okay, it's close. And, and when that came out, <laughs> Heartless. <laughs> no, Heartless? I just feel like it's close. It's would you consider Heartless? An <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And it doesn't mean that these songs are bad. It's no, just like they are crossing over into. I'm just trying to understand your like your your scale. I think recent bar. Trap Queen is the recent bar. Yeah, trap Queen. If the, if the song is not as big as That's Trap Queen was, bar, yeah. then it was not an anthem. And Drake doesn't have those. Yeah, Drake. Other than one dance, nothing that big. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, like I said. And when Niggas in Paris came out with a Drake hat, I don't even remember. Yeah. Nah, I'm with them. That was Take Care, wasn't it? Well, I mean, somebody yeah, might argue care. Jumpman. Like, you guys said Jumpman, though? No. Well, I guess I, it's I not like Trap Queen. Yeah, it's not Trap Queen. I, mean, I like Jumpman a lot, and I heard it in a lot of places, but, like, it wasn't being listened to in the, like, suburbs, right? It wasn't being listened to in, like, places where it would not normally. So I think well, How I Define Anthem is, is something that exists, a song that can exist in a space where it would not normally exist. Um, like, Trap Queen is, like, literally a song about, like, the trap, and it was being played in like at kids' birthday parties. You know, right? Molly Schmerda got an anthem. Schmerda got an anthem. Yeah. That's an anthem. That's an yeah. anthem. Yeah, people dance to. I'm like, these white kids on the left. Yeah, Schmerda got an anthem. What was that? Was were they doing Trap Queen that uh, Facebook video with the group of white Those kids white in the choir? Hell yeah. That was, that's oh, an anthem. Yeah. No, no, that was Whip Nene. That's what that was. No, that was also an anthem. Yeah. Actually, it was garbage. And that but it was chicken an noodle soup song. Y'all remember that? Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> anthems are often garbage if we're being, like, real, right? Yeah. In order to, like, touch that many people. It's gotta be cheesy. It's gotta be, like, yeah, it's, it's no, gotta be low-key garbage. No, watch me die-die. <laughs> wow. Like, I think, I think, they what was that? <laughs> that is how they sound it. I don't think one dance, I don't think one dance or controller are, are garbage. I think they're, like, both okay. I think, like, I think one dance is kind of kind of corny. Yeah, so maybe I, I jumped into Drake a little bit too quick because oh no, you said your top five. Yeah, you did. So yeah. all right, so like, what's your views on Drake? Like, as far as his place in hip hop, because somebody would say Highline that, Bling Anthem. Highline Bling Anthem. Oh shit! So I guess he does have an anthem. And Highline Bling was able to ascend a lot more because of the visuals attached to it. But Highline Bling he stole from Drum. But I guess we're not talking about that right now. But Chop Chop Drake. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about just Drake in general? Like. As far as like, no, you can't shrug. I mean, I, I think he, so. I think like I some people say he's a goat. You know, <laughs> where are these people? A lot of people say this is like how people talk about politics. This is how politicians talk about like, <laughs> some, some people out there are saying that people. I, I don't know anyone who thinks Drake is the greatest rapper of all time. I don't know anyone born after like nineteen. Like you know, I mean, like this is like a twelve-year-old, like fifteen-year-old. There's a lot of people mm. like grown adults. Yeah, well, yeah, there are also that are in college. Do you think Drake's the greatest rapper of all time? Yeah. I don't think Drake is one of the 20 best rappers of all time, but I also don't think that means he's bad. But, you know, these are the same people that have Pac in their top five and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I meant to ask you why he isn't in yours. Pac? Yeah. Because he wasn't a great MC. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. He stood for a lot of things and, and, and also did some, like, horrendous shit. We can't let that slide. He was a cool poet. Uh, but he uh, he didn't have bars, if we're being frank, you know what I mean? But I think he was important to rap. Yeah, Hennessy and enemies, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he was important to rap, and that's fine. And, and I think that, like, he, his legacy is important. But I don't He started so. rapping on Machiavelli. So, yeah, yeah. And then he got shot. It's too late. Yeah. So you're saying that, like, your importance, like, the stuff that you do off the wax... Doesn't translate into goatdom, if you will. If we're talking about like the greatest rapper of all time, rap has to be I, the rap main has to be, You have to you have to be able to rap, or you have to be able to like. Okay, so what if you change it to greatest hip hop artist of all time? Then I think it's a different conversation because then you're talking about like in cultural influence and and a legacy that you left behind. Um, but when you talk about hip hop, I think you have to affect hip hop culture for all of its. Like the culture is not just music. The culture is broad. The culture is. Are you talking about like b-boy dancing and stuff, yeah. or are you Which talking you don't about have fashion? fashion? Yeah, because there's nobody b-boy. Well, like I'm saying, you have like, to honor the legacy of the. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if Tupac did that. He did that in some ways, but not in others. So Pac doesn't get into your top five, even if we're just talking about hip hop. No, but I think Pac was important. So I think I think five is a. 
So I think I think top five conversations are great and important and valid. But I think what never gets talked about is that five is a really narrow number for a lot of rappers. And you can be outside of a top five and still be vastly important. So Tupac is is incredibly important, but I don't think he's a I don't think he rapped well enough to be in a top five of mine. I'm growing to agree with you thinking top fives are corny and everything. I'm still gonna ask him. No, top fives are, I think top fives are not I corny. think that they're corny. Top five is he's saying his five is a narrow number. Five is a thousands number. That's of what numbers. I'm saying because people think that if you if there's not inside the top five then you're disrespecting everybody that's not in it. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I think it's corny. That's and it could be like a regional co- like like Tech Nine is is should be in more people's top fives, right? Why is he in yours? Why is Eminem in yours? Um, that's a good question. That's a, I don't think Eminem has a body work. Really? Yeah, I, I don't I think Eminem has albums. I, and, I, and I think he has never evolved. Marshall right? Mathers, Some Shady. So I think I think the first Eminem album is good, and I think the Eminem show is very good. I think the Eminem show is where he... Where I wish he was at the whole time. Right, right. Um, but he hasn't evolved, right? He's still, like, rapping about rape jokes. And I'm just, like, a grown adult now with, like, a... You know what I mean? Like, like, I've evolved past that. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't. And so, like, my question then is, like, when is that going to happen? So, all right, the content... The content, isn't that different than this, the skill and ability? Sure. Because but I don't I think, know many people that can rap like he did on Rap God. Sure, sure. But I also think that, like, the content, for me at least, at the point I'm at in my life now, right, where with my, with my whatever, my politics being what they are, if the content gets to a point where I just can't follow you anymore, then I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't can't comfortably listen to a rapper talk about raping people anymore. I just can't, you know what I mean? Like, I, and, like, that's not to say I'm, like, I allow for some horrible shit that I listen to. You know what I mean? We all do. Yeah, like, so I was going to ask, like, how do you filter? Like, we all allow, but I, I think we all draw a line, right? We all got to draw a line, and then when a rapper or any musician or any artist or any movie or whatever the fuck goes across it, then we got to be like, I don't know if I can cross this boundary. So Eminem is kind of like that for me, but I also appreciate a lot of Eminem stuff. I, for real, think the Eminem show is a phenomenal record. So question, because I, was, I said the same exact thing earlier. It's like, um, when I thought that uh, Designer was going to jail... And everything because he got arrested with the gun and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Seems like he might have got set up for the. Yeah, yeah, definitely got G- set up. But he, he's good now. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, man, this is the reason why I don't listen to criminal rappers and shit because then they always go to jail and I, I become nah. a fan of you and like all that type of stuff. But it's like I said um, that like I'm at a point where I'm uncomfortable listening to rappers like advocate selling you know cocaine and shit, right? And then somebody was like, but what about Push? And I was like, I love Push and everything, right? <laughs> so it's like, how do you draw the line? Uh, yeah, what do you feel about Push? I, I love Push, and I think I think the thing about Pusha T is that he is a um, so he does rap primarily right about selling drugs, but it is from a perspective that is somewhat remorseful, right? Like, yeah, like some of this shit is like deeply sad, and I don't think people appreciate that. Part. I don't think people ever give him credit for like, and, and even when he was in clips, like like uh, <coughs> Till the Casket Drops is a deeply sad album. And um, the new shitty drop that that like the prelude to the darkest four dawn that was a deeply sad album. Um, and so Pusha T is not just like glorify, glorify, glorify. Yeah, there's some of that in there too. But there's like he he discusses repercussions. Right? And that's why I say it's like I need to have the balance of it. It's like you, if you're rapping about it, like Behove or whatever. It's like even on Reasonable Doubt. Like, you know, on the flip side of, like, Can I Live and Friend of Foe and all those shit or whatever, he has regrets at the end right. of it. You know what I, I, mean? I appreciate the balance, but I don't know if I need it. 
I, know. I, I, don't, I mean, I appreciate that people need it, but like I, I know and have known drug dealers. I, I know and have known people who are going to like die in 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 prison, right? And mm-hmm. so there's a real remorse in in my life that I, I that is fulfilled by a life I have lived and the life that people I know have lived. Um, and so, do I need it from the sense of like, man, I wish kids weren't listening to this? Of course, but like, what you know what I mean, like all respect to the kids but like yo like we are in a cultural moment that is unstable and unhealthy for all of us in a lot of ways um and that's why i think about drawing individual lines for ourselves and 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 for me um one i i think it's important to note that i think rappers rap about selling drugs significantly less um because rap has become this now they talk about doing drugs which I mean, you know what I mean? Like, with the music, the music <coughs> culture has been about that for since rap, you know, like before rap was ever a Rock thing. Rock and y'all that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's a good point. So, all right. Back to, like, what we were talking about with the artists and everything. You switch it up. Tupac, still not in it. M's not in it. Kanye? Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think he's had a good... I mean, we're talking about rappers? No, hip-hop artists. Hip-hop artists, sure. All right, sure. Sure, yeah. All I right. mean, I think... Because I think as a hip-hop artist, he's, he's contributed to the culture in a way that is, um, like, spans a lot, right? I think he's done a lot. Of, and I, even if I don't, like, appreciate or understand it, but I think I think him breaking into fashion is important for the culture. And I think him uh, pushing, I think he pushes the art forward in a way that, that's important. But Being I, the voice of a generation. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I, I don't think he can rap very well, right? And so, like, I think that is, that is a part of it. Except for what he did on Gorgeous and Gone and... I mean, he's had good verses, sure, but I don't think he's a good MC. That's true. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, for the record, I don't think he's a good MC. I um, think there are several rappers who have good verses who, who can't actually rap, right? I think that's the whole... If you rap, if you do this enough, you're going to stumble on a great, on a, on a great a good verse. <laughs> yeah. um, for a while, I think, before, and, and now I think she's in a... In a lane that is yeah. all her own. I know exactly. But, what but there was a point where, like, the only great verse Nicki Minaj had to her name was "Monster." Yeah. And now I think she's like evolved into a like for, like a pretty impressive MC. Impressive? Yeah. I think Nicki Minaj can rap. I can't think of the last great Nicki Minaj verse or good Nicki Minaj verse I've heard. I can name a handful. One is like she hopped on 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 Clappers and just like. Okay, good point. Like, wash Wale, like, completely. I take it back. Like, completely. That's not hard to do. Um, (laughs) So, this is probably going to be a high-pressure question, but what do you think, if there was one song to represent Columbus, what song would you pick? Oh, my gosh. Over the history of your Columbus artist listening? I don't even know. Uh... Really got it. Really got it. I was going to say really got it because I feel like that is. I was talking about the sound, like the Columbus sound, and I, and I feel like shout out to, to, to Soup because I feel like he has um, really been an architect of, like over a lot of years, been an architect of the sound. But I think that's like the peak of it, right? And I think um, Jarrell was so intentional, right? I think Fly Union was so intentional with, with how they sat in the city, and I think Jarrell's. Uh, now, even though he's not like physically here, still so intentional with how he represents the city, um, and I can't. So sometimes I'm able to like divorce a, a song's visuals from the song, but I can. I will never be able to separate the visuals of really got it from the song, right? And so when I saw that video, I was so proud. I was like so immensely proud of of him and um, of just the city, right? Like you put the like 
my man's chicken spot in the video, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the <coughs> fairgrounds in the video, you know what I mean? Like, he was really in the hood, you know? Like, really on Champion, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was out on Champion Avenue. Um, and that is so important. And I think, you know, there are kids in New York who grow up seeing their homes in music videos all the time. Kids here don't have that. There are kids on, like, the South Side who don't have that. South Side. And they get to, like, now... Because that, that song and video is everywhere, right? They could potentially turn on their TV and hear that song and watch that video that has their actual hood in it. And that's amazing. Man, I should have recorded all of that, man. My own video and shit. Like, that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the answer, right? That's how Columbus becomes the city that I dream it of, is, is having people who are unafraid to showcase it in that way um he really got it he really yeah, i mean and Jero, shout out endlessly to Jero. Jero is um uh, yeah i'm so proud of of his work and how he represents columbus in his work but but that video i think will change the course of uh rap music in columbus and hopefully music all together word outside of that song is there a different choice? oh gosh <laughs> So uh, like, I, I gave you an answer. You gonna say? I feel uh, like that's the obvious choice, though. I mean, for now, he, he's gonna say a super fruity hookah. No. <laughs> oh my god, I remember super fruity hookah. I remember that joint. I listened to it for the first time a couple of days ago. What for the first time ever? No, no, for the first time in years. A couple. They had some good production on that on that CD. Yeah, that's some great production. Great production. I mean, I personally feel like uh, the best representation of Columbus hip hop is the song Fly Dot Set. I thought you going to say polo on my body. No, it's because it has uh, <laughs> great emceeing and great production, and it has a variety of uh, flows. That's why, that's why I like it. You told me you've never heard Catalyst, man. i got to send you some of this. Send me some of yeah, yeah. I also Can't like... Um, put out nothing since 07, but it still stands. A joint I also like from, like, 2012, maybe 2013, uh, Tell You Why. It was that Soup's joint. Tell You Why, where he's, like... Oh, I just wrote yeah. a video where he's, like, on the, on, the, uh, on the Main Street Bridge, and I was like, yo... I thought that song was going to blow up. I really did. You know, another song I forgot to say is Concord Rolling. Oh, Concord yeah. Rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great song. Concord Rolling was mad important. <laughs> that was a great, great song. He had song. a song. Man, I can't wait to people. When people that come to Columbus, I, uh, I'm going to get them on the podcast and everything. So Good. Concord Rolling was a classic. He had a song with a female um, singer, and I can't think of anything about the song right now or the title, but I, I begged him for that song because it was so hot. Um, and I can think of what's called. So this is pointless for me telling you this right now. So, you have any other questions? No, no, nah, nah, I got it. I was going to ask another question about music and everything, but we went back to Columbus, so I don't want to go no, back to Columbus. No, what's your music question? Um, it's just about, like, the young people and everything that's out right now. Um, I want to know, like, where you think Chance can go. And I've been telling people this. I think that Chance and Mick Jenkins can rap as well as anybody, including sure. Kendrick, right sure. now. And people get me the fuck out the paint every time I say it. No, I mean, so. I think they're great rappers. I think Vic Benz is a great rapper. I think Schoolboy Q is a great rapper. Um, <coughs> I think that we are... Uh, so I think every six or seven years or so, there's a crop of young rappers that show a lot of promise. Um, and a lot of times they don't fulfill it. So I think the last time we felt this like wave of um, young rappers that are promising is that maybe 2009 time yeah, with like Asher say. and Wale and Cuddy and oh, man. Uh, Asher Ross oh, and man. He had oh, a moment. Charles Hamilton and like all I those love yeah I was Hamilton. gonna when you talk about blogs earlier I was gonna say you motherfuckers are responsible for Charles Hamilton well I mean at one point Charles Hamilton seemed like he was gonna be great and like B.O.B. would be young B.O.B. I mean there was this wave oh, my God. what happened to B.O.B. man like uh, yeah, all lives matter now bro yeah well <laughs> yeah. 
So 2009-2010 were this brilliant way of the young rappers, and the disappointing thing is that um, so many of them didn't fulfill their promise, right? And so I think right now we're in this moment where, like, these dudes can really fulfill the promise, right? Like, these dudes can really fulfill their promise. Especially because they're doing, like, independently. Yeah. They don't have, like, you know... They don't. They can control their... And, and that was a failure. That was a failure of all of those rappers in 09, right? Asher Roth is a great MC who since going more underground has done phenomenal work really? so imagine what would have happened if Asher Roth wasn't boxed into this like I love college bullshit I wrote so many papers to Asher Roth's ampersand yeah. like on repeat like just Dude over, over. Yeah. I mean like imagine imagine if like Charles Hamilton wasn't boxed in by a label imagine if they didn't try to make Bobby Ray the next under 3000 right and B.O.B. could actually rap and so like these dudes who are out now are able to carve their own lane in this independent way and that is the fastest way to live up to your, your potential. And so it's limited. I mean, Chance and Vic Mensa in particular, I think, and Mick Jenkins, of course. And I think Chance is going to be in GOAT conversations in the next five years, and I keep on trying to tell people, I think that right now Kendrick, well, excuse me, young GOAT conversations, not yeah. like, like overall, but um, I think that Kendrick has like the crown and everything right now, but I think that Chance is challenge well getting to a place where he can challenge for that crown you know what i mean i think chance makes great music i think chance is a visionary and i think uh all these dudes are are children of an era um of musical and genre an era where genre becomes less rigid and more fluid right they're children of that era and you can hear that in their music and i think that is where music is going music is becoming a place where we're not afraid to it's not a novelty anymore, right? So, like, when Run DMC and Aerosmith did Walk This Way, that shit was, like, a novelty, right? But now the genre blending is a novelty. It's something that is, like, fluid in, in the conversation all the time. Can hip-hop last when the genre keeps on blend, uh, bending and everything that way? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think hip-hop is a safe one. I think one that is less safe is, like, R&B, right? I think R&B is less safe, although there, this has been a year for great R&B albums, like Now and Gallant and Frank Ocean, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. It's okay. I think it's a fine album. Step your streaming game up. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> bro. I'm you, not... You don't even listen to Prince that much. You go and switch teams. Yeah, but you don't listen to Prince. You, you, you know, when all team. things equal, I'm going to go to the black-owned. Until they sell to the white-owned. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I mean, they still have all the kind of exclusives. And I built, like, a strong library in Tidal. Oh. So... And I just don't like the user interface. Like, I'm the exact opposite of you. I think the user interface on Apple Music is terrible and, and title is great. You should check out the new one. And we have the same phone. Yeah, so. we have the same phone. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to pay for it to do it. I also stream less than I used to, if I'm being honest. Really? Um, iTunes? Yeah. Sure, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, but I also just... political connects. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsors. Yeah, right. Sponsors. Nah, but but I, I think all the streaming services are fine. I have all three, like the three big ones, like Spotify, Apple Music, and, and Tidal. I wonder why there isn't a Netflix um, competitor. Is there? Like Hulu. Hulu. There's a lot of them. Like, no one really fucks with Hulu. Is no. Redbox has a streaming service? Uh, Amazon does. Amazon has a good one. Amazon's Amazon, on Amazon, the rise. PlayStation has a really good one, too. It's just only PlayStation users can use it. I think Xbox has one. Like the, PlayStation, a, the PlayStation joint I was thinking about because I don't use my PS4. PlayStation for. View. Maybe because they don't have exclusives. They don't have exclusive shows. They do, though. PlayStation has exclusive shows? Yeah. I thought Amazon and Netflix on Amazon. And Stars, HBO Amazon Go, does? those are all competitors. Those who, are based on um, pay cable, though. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, you can get them um, a la carte now. I know, but they're based on pay cable, so I wouldn't consider them the same. 
No, but I'm saying that they are, though. Like, you can't get power anywhere else except for stars. You see what I mean? And they have television shows on there, and they have exclusive movies and all that type of stuff. So which devices have built-in apps for stars and HBO? Like, I have it on my phone. I got HBO on my phone, but stars. Is this a stars app? Yeah. Oh. Is there a stars app? Yeah. I, I don't HBO have cable, so like, if I'm watching it, it's on an app. You downloading the Stars app right now? Is that, no. You grab your phone real quick. I was like, <laughs> right. power Y'all are heavy. just solving the world's problems right now. <laughs> I'm talking about every single streaming device known to man. I'm just perplexed. You, you need to keep up. I don't have cable, so, <laughs> like, I have to. The only thing that I, I'm missing right now is the uh, NFL. Well, live sports period. I'm about to have to start going to uh, Well, how do you get local news then? I don't. Fuck the news. You don't care about your community? I mean, I have Twitter. Bexley Facebook News Network. Bexley, yeah, you don't care about your community and you're just like everyone else who lives in Bexley? I mean, like, fuck them. Like, real talk, I feel like the news, like, they're fear-mongers, you know what I mean? Like, every time you turn on the news, it's like some something, like, horribly wrong. Like, I would be scared to walk down the street. But there you know is I mean? a lot horribly wrong, if we're being frank. I know, but I'm talking about, like, they only... Well, I can't say only because, you know, obviously, but... It feels like they primarily like report, report on like say, crime. Man. I would say the exact same thing about social networks. No, but I can I can control what type of shit comes on my social media, like which I've told you multiple times or whatever. You do that if you go to the news websites too. Well, you talk about TV shows and stuff, right? I say I say I mean, I, I, how'd you get local news? Yeah, you know like I get it on Twitter, I get it on Facebook. Like I I follow Ten TV on both of them. You know what I mean? Shout it's, out to Ten TV. Shout yeah, out ten. to my man Glenn McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fuck with Ten TV the long way, but I don't. Yeah, I don't I like was a uh, Fox Twenty Eight kid. Like my mom, Fox she. Fox Twenty Eight. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Yolanda Harris. Yolanda Harris, man. Real talk, she might be the goat, bro. She might. Yolanda Harris been looking like a twenty five year old for like three decades. Nick, bro. And uh, Jerry Rice, y'all don't fuck with Jerry Rice. Jerry Revis. Jerry Revis. Uh, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Rice. is a football player. Columbus. You're not really from Columbus. <laughs> Jerry Revis is the mallet. I like. I get Jerry Revis. Shout out to Jerry Revis. He's Rebish. a goat. He is a goat. But no, yeah, y- Yolanda's Yolanda's a legend, man. Like, has been, is she still on TV out here? Yeah. Uh, she, well, I don't know. I don't have sure. TV. So. I mean, she's a legend. She's been in the. Who's game. the lady with the gap? Angela Pace. Oh, Angela Pace. Oh, the Angela. goat. She's she's Greek. Is she? Yeah, yeah she's AK. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's AK. Mm-hmm. She's I was interested in doing television broadcasting. I contacted her. Where? You yeah. just hit her up, just like send her hey, an email. Hey, Sora. Didn't hear nothing back. Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you call her Sora? No. Oh, you should have. <laughs> did you like just? How did you find her email? I. Mean, you just like Google the. It joint? wasn't like her personal email. It was, I was like, like her email station. What? Like you email junk at tv.com. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta email Yolanda and just be like, "What? Are, how do you not age? Like, I get, I get that black doesn't crack, but like, goddamn, like, unless you're she uh, that Pharrell Williams, she, yeah, Williams. Yeah, she got that Pharrell Williams shit. Oh goodness, she has looked. I because I had a crush on her when I was a kid, uh, and she for real hasn't aged since then. Cat Williams smoking meth. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine. Meth will crack black. Uh, clearly, yeah. yeah. Wait, is he really smoking? I don't meth? know. Oh. He's doing drugs. Drugs, for sure. But nah. Um, nah, man, I appreciate you of course. coming on to the podcast. Is this going to really be like two hours long, or do you edit it down? No, it's going to be it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, normally they're not that long. Is it two? Uh, it's an hour and a half. Okay. Oh, feels it's like it's pretty much hour two hours. Oh, okay. We're oh, okay. An hour and 37 yeah, this is definitely one of our longer episodes, but I feel like it was all like good conversation. Yeah. I also feel like our listeners are going to listen to the whole thing, so 
Well, shout out. Thanks for having me. No, no, thanks for coming on. Excuse me. A lot of insights, and you made me look at a lot of things differently and shit, too, so. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it and, like, jot down notes and whatnot. I'm really excited to pick up your book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I took, um... I minored in creative writing in college, so I haven't been refreshed with the poetry book I'm really curious about, your spin on Columbus, so... Yeah. Thank you. And I haven't watched the VMAs, but I'm actually gonna go back and watch it now. So I can get my own. Uh, I haven't watched them yet either. So yeah, I hope you all have a new experience with both of us. So yeah, word. All right, well, I ain't got nothing else. Uh, you gonna kick a free? Excuse me, kick a freestyle? No. You got sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, long live hip hop. Yeah, bitch. Yeah.